Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva, and we're doing something a bit different today. We're changing it up. I, well, the plan is, I should say, because like who knows what could happen, but the plan is that the full video of this episode will be up on Spotify. So if you want to watch the episode instead of just listening to it, you can watch the whole thing. Hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed on Spotify. We'll see because it's my first time doing it solo and I just, I've had so much anxiety over it. Also, quick aside, apparently every single person whose home is somehow around mine is doing construction today. Like there has been banging, drilling, a lot of banging, a lot of banging. Like what are they doing? What are they banging? Like I don't even understand what's happening. What kind of construction work is this? Anyway, it's loud as fuck. I'm trying my best to insulate this room. I will try my best in post to take all of the noise out. But... You know, your girl's doing what she can. She is doing what she can. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I'm so excited to have you guys. I have to say, I feel like recharged in a way that I haven't because like I'm doing something a little bit new and a little bit out of my comfort zone. And that is where growth happens. When you push yourself against your growth edge, right? Like there's that edge between where you're, comfortable and what am I saying? Okay. Like there's that edge where comfort ends and growth begins. And I think the more that you can push yourself against that edge, the happier of a person you'll be because I think we're truly happy when we're growing the most. So I think like there are two types of mistakes that people make. Either they stay within that comfort boundary and never push against the growth edge, which feels comfortable and cozy in the moment, but it's not going to serve you in the long run. Or the other mistake is like, we're like, okay, I want to grow. I want a girl boss. I want to, you know, fly high. And the problem is like you girl boss a little too close to the sun and you're running against that growth edge, like way into the growth area. And it's too much. 
It's too much, too fast, and it's not sustainable. So what I always recommend is just teetering along that growth edge, like taking the little baby steps, doing the 1% more that will get you there instead of trying to go 100% or whatever, right? I don't know. Anyway, moving right along. Um... I went to my family's house last week and I was really only there for two nights, like less than 48 hours. So I was like, this, this, this can't be like, it's not enough time for shit to get wild, right? Um, Famous last words. Okay, no, things didn't get that wild, but my dad was in a really bad mood the entire time I was home and here's the thing with my dad. He has a temper. He had a really bad temper growing up. It was, you know, not ideal, not, not anyone's favorite thing to deal with. Um, and he's just very like when he's in a good mood, it's great. Everything's great. But like unprovoked, he'll be in a bad mood. And for whatever reason, he was in a real shit mood last week. And it just made it really annoying to be back. Now, was it the worst? No, I've experienced a lot worse with my family. Go to the post Christmas episodes if you want more on that. So, no, it was not the worst but it sure as fuck was not the best. He was just in a shit, shit mood. This is an example. So I got there on Tuesday, Wednesday morning. Now, I wasn't there when this happened, thank God, because it would have sent me into full, like, shakes if I had witnessed this. Um, I was upstairs, thank God. So in Persian culture, it's, like, very customary. It's very big to um, drink a lot of tea, Right. And the way that you drink tea in Persian culture is there are sugar cubes. So like the whole tea set will include like teacups, which are glass and, um, and like, there's like a, like a little porcelain bowl where you put your sugar cubes in them and you eat your tea. You have your drink your tea with sugar cubes. What you do is you take one sugar cube, you put it in your mouth and then you drink the tea. And as you drink the tea, it dissolves the sugar cube, right? So it's customary to have one sugar cube with the tea. One. Okay. One is relevant to the story. That is the number of sugar cubes that my dad uses with his tea. So he gets up Wednesday morning. He goes to the table to sit down and have his tea. And by sit down and have his tea, I mean like my mom's serves him the tea, right? Because that's like, that's the culture. That's how he grew up. He's used to women doing shit for him. Anyway, so he sits down. There is one sugar cube left in the porcelain sugar cube holder, right? Now, one would think that's fine because that's the number of sugar cubes that he uses. So who really gives a shit? Now, a normal person would be would be like, even if there is zero, he could just like get the fuck up and put some more sugar cubes in the sugar cube holder. But let's just put that aside, right? Like he grew up in this very patriarchal society where women doted after men and did everything for them. So let's just accept that as is. Well, there's the correct number of sugar cubes in the sugar cube holder, right? And my mom is a very like, 
I actually relate to my dad on this. If something's getting near to empty, I want to replenish it. Whereas my mom is like, just finish the last fucking sugar cube and then I'll put more sugar cubes in. Anyway, he gets real angered by the fact that there's only one sugar cube left. Now, I want to remind you for like the zillionth time that the one sugar cube is all that he needed. He only needed one fucking sugar cube. Nevertheless, he gets very incensed by that and he picks up the sugar cube holder and throws it across the room. So that's kind of the type of shit I was dealing with. It wasn't like too bad. I mean, I've seen a lot fucking worse, but it wasn't really the vibe, you know, it wasn't really my thing. And the number one thing that it made me feel was so much gratitude for my lovely partner, Ozzy, who sure experiences anger like anyone else does, but is not by nature a very angry person. He's not by nature like a super confrontational person. He's just, he's not possessive at all. He's not controlling at all. He's just none of these things that I saw so much of growing up with my dad. And frankly, I was dating a lot of until I had my breaking point. In college, I dated this guy who was older than me. Um, He was like seven years older, which at the time was a pretty big deal. I met him when I was like 18, Um, 19. I met him when I was 19. I just turned 19. So I turned 19 in May. I probably met him in like June, right? We started dating and maybe he was six years older. I don't... It doesn't matter. At that age, that is a substantial age difference. And this man was so fucking controlling. I've talked about him before. I probably refer to him as med school because he was in medical school at the time. He was so controlling. He was so possessive. He was so angry. Just all of the things that I witnessed growing up. And it was when him and I broke up that I realized that like everything that I like, we we had a very tumultuous, very hot and cold type of relationship, like just like constantly fighting and shit. And I remember I constantly blamed myself, right? Because like a lot of the time it was my fault. Like, let's be real. Like at that time with all of my attachment issues with everything I was dealing with, so much unresolved trauma, a bitch was crazy. Like I was like Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone on Scary Island levels of crazy. Like from zero to Angelina Jolie in what's that movie? Not Gone Girl. It's it's a title of a movie that I constantly confuse with Gone Girl where she's full crazy. I was Angelina Jolie. Like from zero to Oh my God, what's her name? Why am I completely blanking on her name? Why am I completely, was married to, um, had children with the lead singer of, uh, I'm blanking on everything. Courtney Love. From zero to Courtney Love at the VMAs that one year where she just interrupted that interview she was Courtney Love. Okay. Like I was batshit crazy. So like were a lot of the issues in the relationship my fault, or at least did I highly contribute? Of course. Yes. I would never deny that. But he also played a massive role. He was deeply insecure. He was deeply possessive. He was deeply controlling and he had serious, serious anger management issues. And he blamed me for everything. He did so much gaslighting. Like I remember like 
again, I'm not denying that I contributed and that I played a role and that I was fucking crazy because I was. I absolutely was. But, yo, he brought in at least 50 percent. And the amount of gaslighting that he did, like I constantly like I was a child. I was 19. She was a little baby. Um, I internalized everything like I 100 percent like thought I had 100 percent of the blame. And it was when we broke up. And actually, like the last time I mean, we used to break up like on a weekly basis, but the final time I broke up with him because it all clicked for me, I was like, this man is fucking nuts. This man is fucking insecure. And he's had me believe that every issue in this relationship is my fault when actually a lot of it goes back to his insecurities because we would fight over shit like me being flirtatious, me going out. I mean, I was in college. I went out like I, you know, partied and he had such issues with that. Anyway, how did we get on this tangent? Okay. I guess Ever since that relationship ended, I've always like really sought out kind of beta type of men because I've been so afraid of men who have a lot of anger and rage and possessiveness and things like that. Um, now, did I always date guys like that? No, like I, I mean, Van Guy, I would say was actually like really jealous and insecure and possessive, but that's neither here nor there. I actually think Van Guy had a lot of anxious attachment, which we will get to. Nevertheless, where was I at? I do tend to seek out guys who are not super, you know, have those types of characteristics. And being down there for those few days last week really made me so grateful for the relationship that Ozzy and I have because it's so calm and peaceful and easy. And he doesn't just like get mad at me because he's projecting his own insecurities on me. And one day I hope to reciprocate that to him. Just kidding. I actually have done so much growth before him and I started dating. And I would argue that I'm quite the angel of a girlfriend. No, but seriously, it made me so fucking grateful for him. And it also made me think a lot about this thing that I talk about a lot, which is that anger is okay. Like you're allowed to be angry. And like, I have no idea why my dad was so angry last week. Who knows? But potentially he had good reason to be angry. It's not the anger that I take issue with. And it's not the anger that was so traumatic for me growing up. Now, was the anger pretty traumatic? Yes, because he manifested it by taking it out on people. And you can never cross the line from anger to abuse, right? Like at some point it crosses the line when you start taking out on people verbally, emotionally, mentally, and then physically, those are all forms of abuse. So like when anger crosses the line into abuse, it's completely not okay. But there is some role that anger plays that actually is like a normal human emotion where I think a lot of families go wrong is when there's anger, they never model repair, right? Like my dad would blow up and he would yell at us and he would scream at us and he would call us names and he would sometimes do things a lot worse than that, which we're not going to get into today. So that was all not okay. But what was probably or possibly the most traumatizing of all those things was the fact that after all this happened, once he calmed down, it was never spoken again. No one 
would even address what the fuck happened. He, I mean, it would be absolute World War Three, like a goddamn shit show in the house, like a hurricane went off. And then the next morning, everyone would just act like everything was fine. And as a child, when you witness that, you're like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? You just never know what to expect. You never know if you're to expect like absolute chaos or everyone just acting normal and acting like nothing ever happened. So this is what I want to say, because I think the big part of like what we're all doing here, like the reason you guys listen to this podcast is because we want to do better, right? Like we want to break generational trauma. We want to do better for ourselves and for the next generation. So if you are someone who has kids or you want to have kids and you're like, fuck, like I just want to do the best for my kids. Like I don't want them to have childhood trauma like I did. Don't be too intense about like having a bad moment because we're all going to have bad moments. Like your kid is going to see you upset. Your kid is going to see you angry. All of these things are going to happen because it's impossible to avoid because you're a human being with the full range of complex emotions. What's really critical, A, obviously do not like take your anger out on them, but the biggest thing, the number one thing is to model repair. So after you get angry, after you explode, after you're sad, after something happens, you snap at your child because these things do happen and you will snap at them. What you then want to do is you want to model repair. You want to show them what it looks like to have healthy reparations. So you want to show them what it looks like to have a conversation. Let's say like you and your partner fight in front of your child. It's probably going to happen at some point. Even if they're not even speaking yet, what I would argue you should definitely do is then address them when everything is calm and be like, hey, this happened. Like your daddy said this and I got mad and I did this. I'm so sorry you had to witness that, but it's a part of life. People fight and then people make up and it's completely okay and it's totally fine. So that is one thing we can learn from my traumatic experiences with my family. The other thing I just wanted to look up, like, you know, when you start dating someone who's like that, who is angry, who's possessive, who's jealous, who is all of those things, usually they start out very charismatic. Like when my dad was courting my mom, that motherfucker was charismatic as shit. When I started dating uh, the med school guy, super charismatic. When I started dating Van guy, not just charismatic. I mean, he was so in touch with his emotions, yada, yada, yada. That tends to be how the anxiously attached get you. Nevertheless, there are early warning signs that you can look out for. And I really advocate to look out for those early warning signs because it's a lot harder to leave a relationship once you're kind of hooked, once you catch feelings, right? Like, I'm not saying it's too late because people still do it all the time, but it's a lot fucking harder. So be vigilant and keep your eyes open. Number one, look out for the guy who does appear to be so emotionally available so early on. The guy who seems like so flattering, so charismatic, like is just constantly paying you compliments. It's just constantly talking about how good things are going between you. Like a guy who like on the first few dates is like having this very meta conversation about what is happening between the two of you. 
that's the type of guy that I would be super wary of. But other warning signs to look out for is they start blaming you for their feelings, both positively and negatively. Like, oh, I'm so happy and it's all because of you, right? That's like the very, very early signs. But then it starts like, taking a turn for the more negative feelings. Um, one thing to look out for is, are you still spending time with your friends and your family? If you're not, that should be a bit of a red flag. They criticize you. Now, in the beginning, it may be as a joke. Um, a little bit further on, they'll frame it as like, they're just trying to help you. They're trying to help you be better. They're trying to help you improve. Red flag they one-up you. Like, let's say you tell a story about something good that happened at work and they're like, oh yeah, and this happened to me at work. They can't just like praise you. And along with that, everything revolves around them. In the beginning, they're always happy, but slowly you start to see them be moody more and more. And the last one, you feel afraid if they're not in a good mood. And now afraid is a big word. And Maybe in the beginning, like if you do feel afraid, you don't like fully understand how afraid you feel. But think of this, if they're in a bad mood, you are prioritizing them getting in a better mood rather than like prioritizing yourself and your feelings. That is kind of an early red flag. Now, listen, none of these things are... um you know, in and of itself dispositive, but you want to look at the totality of the circumstances, look at all of those factors and be really honest with yourself. And it's not that you necessarily have to, you know, if you see a few of these warning signs, like necessarily cut things off immediately and run, just keep your eyes fucking peeled and open and be really honest with yourself because again, it's a lot easier to exit this type of relationship early on than it is to wait and let it fester, you know, build roots with someone or even before you build roots, just catch feelings, yada, yada. You get the drill. You know where I'm going with this. Okay. I want to move on. So last episode, I talked about the four types of decisions that you can make at any given point, right? So last episode, I talked about how it's the Persian New Year's and it's the spring equinox. It's what nature dictates is the actual new year. And this is a great time to be setting intentions, to do the type of shit that we try to do on January 1st that never fucking sticks, right? Like we try to um, set intentions or resolutions or whatever the fuck label you want to assign to them. It's all the same shit. I fucking hate those wellness influencers who are like... <laughs> I don't do New Year's resolutions. I do New Year's intentions. Yeah, Brenda, it's just another word for the same fucking shit. You're still writing down a list of shit that you resolve or intend to do. I don't care what fucking word you use for it. The energetic is the same. The subconscious belief is the same. It's the same shit. You're just changing the fucking word. And like, we're not here for that energy, right? But, but 
the beginning of the spring, I actually think is a good time to set intentions like that because the weather is warming up and nature is on your side. Nature is here to support you. The middle of winter when you're cocooned, when you're too cold to do shit, not really the right time. But now when we're just like 60 days from summer and you want to get that summer bod and you want to start eating healthier because you no longer feel like you have to just shovel warm crap down your throat to stay alive live like we do all live long fucking winter. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know what kind of energy I'm coming into this episode with. (laughs) But um, It's the time. It's the time to be making changes. Now, I would challenge you instead of just making a list of intentions, which you're more than welcome to do, like by all means do that if that's what flies for you. But I think this is more interesting to do the four types of choices. Now to remind you, the first time I talked about this, I mentioned this. It's a quote that I absolutely love. Life is the C between B and D. Now, if you're not familiar with the alphabet, that's just kind of how it works. But the bigger meaning here is the C is choices. B and D are birth and death. So life is the choices that we make between birth and death. And what this phrase really means is that our life, who we are, everything about us is really the sum total of the choices that we make. The habits that we have are just choices that we make over and over again. The way your life looks is the direct result of the choices that you make. The things that you have in your life are there because of the choices that you make. So everything about us, about our lives, really at the end of the day just boils down to the choices that we make. So there are four types of choices that you can make. As a reminder, I'm so sorry for regular listeners who've heard me talk about this like 6,455 times, but here we are. There are four types of choices you can make. You can choose to do more of something. You can choose to do less of something. You can choose to start something and you can choose to stop something. Now, last episode, I talked about how I wanted to do more exercise. Um, Specifically, I wanted to start doing cardio, but we can address that in the start. Um, So I just wanted to check in. I've been doing pretty good on the exercise train. Um, I also wanted to do more cold exposure, and I've been doing great on that. And one thing specifically I've been doing is like when I take my cold shower, when I'm like, okay, I can't fucking take it anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, okay, just 10 more seconds. And I count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. You get the drill. I'm not going to keep counting to 10 Mississippi And then I let myself stop. So rather than stopping when I'm like, I can't take it anymore, I do that extra 10 seconds. And here is why it's that growth edge that I was talking about before, right? Growth happens when you push yourself against that edge. So yeah, I've been doing great on that. What I said I wanted to do less of was taking less magnesium. I've made quite literally zero progress on that. So (laughs) congratulations to me on that. Um, What I said I wanted to start doing was I wanted to start doing gratitude again. I have a strong gratitude practice. You say three things that you're grateful for every night. It has to be three new things. I used to do this for years. I fell off of it because I 
stopped smoking pot and I used to do it while I smoked pot. And yeah, I haven't started doing that. I said I wanted to start wearing blue light blocking lenses at night when I watch TV. I have not started doing that. Both I just forget. Like, Honestly, every fucking day, I just forget. Maybe, maybe, ooh, should I just pause this episode real quick and go grab my blue light blocking glasses and put them on the coffee table in front of the TV so I fucking remember? Should I just do that real quick, real cheeky? Maybe I will. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the last thing I said I wanted to start was start doing cardio. That I have started. Now, specifically what I had in mind, here's the thing for me. Like, I'm not going to stick with something that I hate. And I've always kind of loved dance. And by that, I mean, I've always wanted to be the type of bitch who could like dance really good. And I just never have been, unfortunately for me. But I thought maybe if I find like dance videos where you learn like a dance routine that could be something fun with me for me (laughs) with me that I would actually stick with and continue doing now I have tried I tried signing up for like this one kind of well-known membership program that I thought was dance-based but um I did the free trial and I just like they weren't doing I mean yeah it was like kind of dancey but it wasn't like learning a routine and then I tried a YouTube video um that also wasn't the vibe. So yes, I have started doing car- cardio. So brava to me for that. Um, but I haven't found something that I really like yet. If I find something that I really like, I will share it with you guys. Now, the thing that I said I wanted to stop was I wanted to stop bringing my phone into the bedroom. But I did say this last week that that is a longer term goal. Like it's not like I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I do know I'm not going to do it tomorrow. Whereas like the rest of the things like I'd like to fucking start doing the gratitude tonight. I'd like to start wearing the blue light blocking glasses tonight. Like all those other things are things that I want to do immediately. Whereas the, the phone in the bed... um. I'm not starting yet. I will start it eventually, but it's it's just not right this second. Now, I have kept up not reaching for my phone immediately in the mornings 
Um, so what I do is like I'll scroll the phone in bed a little bit and then I plug it in and I put it down like on the floor so it's not in the bed. And in the mornings, I don't reach for my phone immediately. I do a bit of like a meditation on my own and then I only reach for the phone when I'm getting out of bed. So that's great. And the other thing I did was on Instagram, I asked for fiction book recommendations because long term, my goal is to plug my phone in outside of the bedroom leave it outside of the bedroom in airplane mode and then read in bed with a red light on and in the morning do a bit of a meditation in the morning without my phone and then I'll get up leave the bedroom and grab my phone and you know turn on cellular services and wi-fi etc so yeah that's where I'm at with my four choices. I'm so curious to hear what your guys's are. So like drop them in the comments and the reviews below. Like I think it's so fun when we interact like this. And I think this is such a great way again to like really get clear on what you want in your life. Like what do you want your life to look like? Because what your life looks like is the direct result of the choices that you make. Okay, another thing I want to address really, really quickly before moving right along is um, Vanderpump Rules. The mid-season trailer came out and it is absolutely delicious. It's so fucking good. I can't wait for the rest of the season. I've had so many of you guys DM me and be like, I've never watched Bravo before, but like I'm starting Vanderpump Rules. This is the time, baby, and I'm so jealous for you. Um, now one thing I want to address from the trailer. So again, as a refresher for everyone who doesn't watch the show, and if you don't watch the show, don't skip ahead because there are going to be things that I want to address from it. Um, so basically what happened was Ariana and Tom Sandoval have been in a committed relationship for the past like 10-ish years. Um, they're not married, but that's only because like she's been very vocally anti-marriage. But, they, you know, they they bought a house together. They were in a 30-year mortgage together. Like they're pretty much fucking married, you know. And it just came out that Tom Sandoval has been sleeping with this other cast member, Raquel, for the past like seven months. They've had a full-blown love affair. And Raquel and Ariana are very, very, very close friends. In fact, one could argue that Ariana is like the only female on this entire show who has been kind to Raquel just to be kind. Now, Sheena has been kind to Raquel, but Sheena, I think, is kind to Raquel because Sheena has a very hard time making friends. And so when new people come on the show, she tries to cozy up to them, but I don't think it's for altruistic reasons. I think it's because like Sheena is so desperate for friends, but that's neither here nor there. Let's just move right along from that. Anyway, in the trailer, there was this clip of Tom Sandoval saying like, oh, we only have sex four times a year. And here's what I want to say to that, because I do see people being like, well, how can you keep a man if you're not fucking him? Or like this whole like narrative. I even remember someone that was once on the show making some kind of comment like that, like, oh, well, you know, if your relationship isn't going well, like how often are you fucking him? Because like if you're not putting out, then how can you expect the relationship? 
relationship to be going well? How can you expect him to be nice to you? How can you expect him to be faithful to you? Yada, yada, yada. And here's the issue that I have with all of these statements. They treat sex as something that is for male pleasure, something that is like we do to please them, to keep them, to keep them in a good mood, to keep them into us, yada, yada, yada. It's inherently sexist to begin with. The other part of it is like, okay, let's just keep up with the sexist thing where like men only want sex out of a relationship and women only want emotional connection out of a relationship, which is false. But let's let's just keep that charade going for a minute. Then like, okay, if you expect me to put out then you better be giving me that emotional fulfillment because this is a two-way street, baby. Like, I'm not going to put out if I'm not getting that emotional fulfillment. So, like, for him to say, like, oh, well, we're only having sex four times a year. Okay, then were you showing up the way that she needed you to for you to be, for her to be able to be intimate with you? Because if not, then this is as much your fault as it is hers, which again is a ludicrous insinuation to even begin with, but we're just putting that aside for now. But anyway, it's it's fucked up. I don't like it. Um, also, Raquel did a TMZ interview. Everyone thinks that, well, here's the thing. It seemed like she probably set it up because like all of a sudden she's doing, like she's responding to paparazzi. She did look like absolute shit in it, which I think is like a very smart play if you want to make it look like you didn't call the paparazzi on yourself. Who knows whether she did? Not super important. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm fucking obsessed with this shit. Like I, I could talk, I could spend an entire hour talking about the Vanderpump Rules saga, the Scandal saga, and, you know, psychoanalyzing every little part of it. Like, you know, that scene in Mean Girls where it's the voiceover of Lindsay Lohan being like, all I wanted to do was talk about what's her name? The mean girl, like Regina George. All I wanted to do was talk about Regina George. Like I just, every time, like I wasn't talking about her, I would just pray that someone else would bring up Regina George so I could talk about her more. That is me with this shit. Like the amount that I want to talk about it, the amount that I like, I've listened to every single fucking podcast that everyone who's been on the cast is currently on the cast has ever been on the cast has even looked at someone on the cast has put out like the most tangential like people who are just loosely friends with other people's podcasts I've listened to them all I'm on top of every gossip every rumor every little thing that has ever happened and I'm here for it and yeah they taped the reunion um Andy said it was only five hours, which I find kind of shocking. He said nothing was left unsaid. He said it was very contentious. I've heard that Lala uh, pretty much tried to attack Raquel and that James Kennedy was coming real hard for Tom Sandoval. It's going to be a while before we see the reunion. Also, Raquel and Tom Sandoval went out to dinner afterwards. So like, it seems like they're really keeping up this like we're in love yada yada type charade I'm I'm not saying it's a charade I'm sure they think they're in love or whatever they are in love who gives a fuck what they're saying but like here's the thing when you isolate two people and just push it's only going to push them together so of course of course they're sticking together because everyone else hates them also one other random pop culture thing 
There is a photo of Amrata and Harry Styles kissing. And who knew that this is the one thing that's been missing in my life because the way that I lit up from fucking head to goddamn toes when I saw that photo of them kissing, I don't know what it is, but I've never shipped something so hard. I'm rooting harder for Emrata and Harry Styles than I am for myself and my relationship with Ozzy, okay? Look, if he wants to leave me, bye-bye. But like Emrata and Harry Styles, I would like to see them actually date. I would like to see them really date. What is it? Why am I so into this? I don't know. They're both so hot. They both have a swaggery vibe about them. They both might not be fully straight. I mean, I don't know. She's pretty open about being bi. I don't know if he is bi or not, but like, I don't know. I fuck really hard with it. And you know what? If they want to put out a sex tape or leak it in some way, I would also be here for that because I haven't watched porn in a really long time. And yeah, I kind of miss it. Maybe I'd like to get back into porn. And what a better way to go to dip your toes back in than Harry Styles and Emrata. But honestly, I hope they start dating. I hope they get fucking married. I have never supported a celebrity relationship more than I support them. Now, do I think it's maybe partially because like I kind of don't really like um, Olivia Wilde. Like I think she's like probably kind of toxic. And this must be like such a I mean, if your ex-boyfriend starts dating Amrata, like, bye, game over. Like, that's got to not feel fucking good. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's that. Oof, maybe I am kind of a mean girl. <sighs> okay. Moving right along, I want to talk about sex for a minute. Now, my friend and I were having a conversation about... My friend was hanging out with this girl, maybe platonically, maybe more. It's very hard to say. And my friend was saying that she she's like into this chick that she's hanging out with. Right. And at first she like thought that they were just going to be friends. But then one time they were hanging out and this chick was like giving her a head massage and it was like super sensual and like, you know, Yada, yada. So we started having conversation about delayed gratification. And I thought this might be a great thing to bring to the podcast because here's the thing. I think that not to stereotype, not to gender steers, gender, what's the word? Gender. It's like a synonym for stereotype, whatever. We're just going to move right along. I'm sure everyone's just like screaming um, at the mic right now. But not to like stereotype, but I think that sometimes men aren't very good at pleasing women. And I haven't slept with women. So like, I don't know if the same issue exists there or not. Although statistically, women tend to orgasm when they sleep with women, but tend to not orgasm when they sleep with men. So I'm sure women know what they're doing a lot better. Nevertheless, I think there's a big issue that happens. So like, ladies, if you are dating any men, please play this part of the podcast for them so that they can learn a thing or two. So do you remember in Friends, there was a scene? Well, okay, let me set the stage. So this was like earlier seasons. It was after 
um, Chandler kissed Joey's girlfriend and started dating her. I don't remember her name, but there was some chick that Joey was dating that he met via acting and Chandler was like always really into her and he ended up kissing her and then her and Joey broke up and um, she started dating Chandler, right? So when they first slept together, there was this scene where Monica's like, how did it go? And he's like, not great. And he's like, you know, like it, it was fine, but like, you know, I could hear her having sex with Joey because they were roommates and she was more vocally enthusiastic, yada, yada. And Monica's like, hey, I can help you. And she grabs a notepad and she's like, listen, there are like seven basic erogenous zones on the female body. Now, what are the seven? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I can probably surmise like, okay, lips are an erogenous zone, neck, boobies, um, so we're up to three. Um, seven was definitely the clit. I can tell you that based on context cues. There are three that were missing. I'm not sure. Monica Keller want to hit me up and tell me what the other three erogenous zones that I'm missing are. I don't know. I don't. Oh, ears. Some people are into ears. I don't know. I have no idea. But whatever. Let's just put that aside. We're let's just work with a four or whatever. Anyway, so she's like, the key is you want to hit them all and you want to switch it up and you don't like, so basically what she said was like, okay, you want to do like a one, two, three, one, 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 two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, two, four, two, three, four, two, three, four, five, one, three, five, yada, yada, you get it until, and then like you do like maybe like a four, five, six, Two, three, four, seven, one, two, five, three, five, six, seven. And then towards the end, you're just hitting seven, right? And the joke of it was that she's like, you can tell she's turned on, yada, yada. That's not what's important. This is what I want to get to. Again, we're saying seven is the clit, right? Because seven is the clit, right? Um, Here is a key. I think that... I think that sex in general, I would imagine, but I can only speak to having female parts is good when there's a lot of delayed gratification. So instead of like, I think what I see men do a lot is they're like, okay, the clit is like the part that feels good. You want to hit the clit. You want to push the clit. You want to suck the clit. You want (laughs) to rub the clit. You want to do all these things to the clit. But instead, what I think you want to do is like ignore that the clit even exists in the beginning, right? Just kiss for a while and then start sucking on the neck and then like gradually make your way down, kiss everywhere, lick everywhere, pay attention to all of these parts of the body that are going ignored and like ignore the clit for as long as you can. And I think you could probably translate this into like the penis and like more specifically the head of the penis too, to make it go both ways. Like I certainly try to practice this with men when I sleep with them first. Um, I should really bring it back as like, you know, once you're dating someone for a while, once you're like in a really settled relationship, you kind of have like a lot of routine that you do and you're not like, I don't know, you're not, um, 
you're not like pulling out the stops like you would earlier in the dating scene. So maybe I'll do this when Ozzy gets back into town. But basically the point is like you want to hold away from the seven for as long as possible. You want them to basically be begging you to get into their crotch. And then the first time you do, you do like a light touch and you move away from it. So like at first they're like, oh, thank God, we're finally touching down there. And then they're like, oh shit, what are you doing? No, 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 get back there, get back there. You want them to be begging for it. And with the clit specifically, like it's so sensitive. Like you want to touch really, really light at first. Same thing with like um, oral sex when like guys are doing oral sex. I think they sometimes come on too aggressive on the clit. And instead what you want to do is like barely even be touching it, like lick everywhere other than the clit. And then when they're just writhing around and screaming for it, that's when you want to do like really like maybe do like a lick directly on the clit and then move away from it again. Like you want them to basically be ready to like set the house on fire because like they need you on their clit so badly. And still, you want to be denying and delaying gratification for as long as possible. Trust me, this will make the sex so much fucking better. Okay, we're like quite a ways in and I had a whole thing prepped. So I'm trying to decide what to do. Should I do the content that I originally came here to do today or... Should I hold off on that for next week? I'm leaning towards the latter because I just think I think it'll be I think the episode will be too long if I do everything that I had planned on doing today. So let's hold off on all of that stuff for next week. There's still stuff from last week that I'm holding off on. And I'm just going to address a few like common questions and things and things that come up. Um, Number one, I want to talk real quick about this. I just want to address it for like two seconds and then we can move on. I think that we are overusing psychological terms. What do I mean by that? I think like everyone's acts as a narcissist. Um, everyone's gaslighting. Everyone, actually trauma, I think we're okay with the way that we're using it. But like not every time someone disagrees with you, is it gaslighting? And not all of your exes are narcissists. Now, my ex is a narcissist, but not all of your exes are narcissists. Only mine. And when you guys use the term too much, then it takes away from the fact that my exes are not narcissists. No, I'm just kidding. I Now, do I think the comedian is a narcissist? Yes. I Do I think he has narcissistic personality disorder? Yes. I actually literally think that he does. I'd be sure shocked if a professional has not diagnosed him with that. But the thing is, like, I think he sees coaches and not actual licensed therapists. And like coaches, I think, do this thing often where they like no matter what happens, like they don't give you the tough love. They're not like, well, that's actually your fault. You know, Um, I do think that he is actually a diagnosed, a clinical narcissist. Like I think he has narcissistic personality disorder. I think that is something that's actually going on for him. But here's the thing. Here's why I think it's problematic. I think when we use these big psychological terms, 
it takes the burden away from us, right? Like when you say my ex is a narcissist, what you're doing is like you're shifting all of the blame for everything that went wrong in the relationship off of you and onto someone else. And here's the thing, maybe 90%, maybe 95% of the blame actually is on that other person. But there's still five to 10 to probably, let's be real, more percent of the blame that should be on you. Now, I'm not saying 100% of the blame should be on you. It's It always takes two to tangle, always. But when you just label your ex as a narcissist and you move on from that, you're not even leaving room for the five to 10%. And like the bigger thing is like, you can do nothing about them being a narcissist. That is completely out of your hands. But there is always room for improvement. There is always room for looking internal and looking at your behavior and seeing what you can learn. Even if the only thing that's there is like, okay, why did I even date this narcissist to begin with? Why did I stay in a relationship but that had gaslighting to begin with, right? It's really easy to put all of the fault on someone else. And the reason it's really easy is because it leaves nothing for you to address. It lets you stay in your comfort zone of you just being the victim. But remember like the top of the episode, wow, look at this full circle moment. Look at this callback. She should be a goddamn performer, entertainer, whatever. To bring it full circle, when you stay inside your comfort bubble, you're not growing. You're not pushing yourself against that growth edge to like constantly grow the bubble. And that's not where you want to be. So instead, think like, okay, maybe you're not X as a narcissist. Again, I would argue they probably are not. Statistically, it's unlikely because my ex is a narcissist. So that leaves no room for everyone else's ex to be a narcissist. But seriously, when you just label your ex as a narcissist or label their behavior as love bombing, gaslighting, you name it, whatever it is, You're just looking at someone else and you can do nothing about that. But instead, if you go internal and you're like, how did I contribute to this dynamic not being what I wanted it to be? Why did I even attract this person to begin with? Why did I date them? Why did I continue to put up with that bullshit? And you start going internal, then you're pulling up things that you can actually do something about because like your ex being a narcissist, you can do nothing about that. There's no way that you can change that. But when you start looking at your behavior, your mannerisms, your limiting subconscious beliefs and how they contributed to you being in a situation that you were unhappy with, then then there are things that you can actually do something about. And that is how you grow. That's how you dance along that growth edge and keep pushing that bubble further and further and growing more and more. Um, what else? Oh, I've gotten a lot of like DMs and comments and questions, etc., about my skin because apparently she is glowing. And, um, God, uh, maybe I'm a narcissist. No, but I really, I actually like, I'm not doing that like cringe influencer thing of like a lot of people have been asking about my skincare routine. I really have been getting a lot of questions and here is the truth. I think there are potentially four things contributing. Number one, 
I eat a very healthy diet. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I eat a ton of vegetables and fruit, produce, plants, plants. I eat a ton of plants. I eat a ton of fiber. I eat a lot of fermented foods, which are really rich with probiotics. And I don't eat a lot of inflammatory foods. Now, whether the foods that I'm about to list are inflammatory or not. Listen, there's a lot of debate in science, but the ones that are like kind of considered to be inflammatory, number one, dairy, that's not even up for discussion. Every single study, every single piece of research points to the fact that dairy is highly inflammatory. Um, Specifically, it's actually really thought to be a cause of acne and whatnot, Um, but we're not here to get into that. It's also like highly unethical. Um, Keep in mind that dairy is not intended for you. It's intended for a baby cow who then doesn't get to get it and is killed instead. And also cows like are artificially inseminated with something that is called a rape prod. So if you consider yourself to be a feminist, but you're drinking dairy, I would argue that you are not a feminist because you are quite literally supporting an industry that exists because of rape. But that's neither here nor there. Let's just like quickly move on from that because I'm not trying to get into like an ethical conversation about these things. Um, I don't have sugar. And now I want to talk about what I mean by sugar. When I say sugar, I mean any time the macronutrient of carbohydrates is extracted from the rest of the plant. So like when I say sugar, do I mean cane sugar? Sure. But I also mean other things like fruit juices, right? Same shit. It's maybe a healthier concept, but like it's the same fucking shit, whether it's whether it's cane sugar, whether it's coconut sugar, whether it's maple syrup, whether it's, you know, cold pressed green apple juice. I don't give a fuck, Brenda. Okay. I'm so sick of these influencers acting like cold pressed green apple juice is better for you than cane sugar. I mean, yeah, it has like some, some level of micronutrients in there, but the effect on your bloodstream is the same. I don't care if it's coconut sugar or if it's cane sugar, the effect on your bloodstream is the exact same. It's going to give you that insulin spike and then subsequent crash. It's going to fuck with your mood levels. It's going to fuck with your hormones. It's going to fuck with your blood sugar levels. It's going to fuck with your insulin. The effect is the same. Stop gaslighting us, you dumb wellness influencers, by acting like, oh, look at my muffin recipe. It has no refined sugar in it. Yeah, Brenda, it has fucking maple syrup in it. It's the same goddamn shit. Stop gaslighting us and acting like it's different. It's not fucking different. It's the same shit. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> so sorry. I have no idea where this heated energy is coming from this episode, but it's here and we're kind of here for it. Um, so yeah, my diet is in check. My hydration is on point. Specifically, what I've been doing is every night I have this massive gallon-sized jar. I make a gallon-sized nettle infusion. Now, nettle is this magnificent herb that has so many health benefits. But one of the things that happens when you do an overnight infusion, so instead of steeping it for like 
five to 20 minutes like you would regular tea. I put a large amount of the fresh or of the dried herb in there um, with no tea bags, etc. And I let it steep overnight. What happens is a lot of trace minerals get in there. So then in the morning, I have a gallon worth of a very mineral rich, I don't know, <laughs> fluid. Sounds kind of gross. And I drink that throughout the day. I do try to front load my hydration. So like immediately first thing after I brush my teeth in the morning, I'll have two big mugs worth. And by noon, I'm already halfway done with the gallon. And then by 5 p.m., I'm like done, done, done. So that's how I tend to do it. Um, So not only am I hydrating well, but I'm getting all of those minerals in. What else have I been? So number one is um, nutrition. And one thing I want to say with nutrition, if you're listening to this and you're inspired, I want to go back to that growth edge conversation and say like, don't go for a hundred percent. So like, don't be like, okay, she's eating a fuck ton of like fiber and um, probiotic rich food. So I'm just going to buy a jar of like fermented vegetables and like buy all these fiber rich veggies and like just eat a ton of vegetables. Ton, uh, a ton of raw vegetables. Don't go for 100%. Do 1%. So if you're eating the standard American diet right now, you will not gastrointestinally be able to handle eating as much fiber as I do. You will get bloated. You will not feel good. So instead, do 1% more. Just gradually increase your fiber intake. Gradually start eating healthier. Otherwise, you will burn out. You might feel super sick because your gut isn't used to it. Take it 1%, just constantly push against that growth edge and push it out. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's not sustainable and you're not going to feel good. Anyway, the third prong of what I've been doing for my skin is I've been doing a lot of infrared sauna. Um, I really notice a massive difference in my skin when I do it. Um, this isn't at all sponsored by any of the infrared sauna companies in any way, shape, or form. Although I would fucking love to get some kind of like code for that from them. And the last thing is I just started using a new skincare brand. I'm not going to share what it is because it's only been like a week, week and a half. And I'm not like fully convinced yet that that's what's making a difference. But as I keep using it, if I find like, I will say my skin has never looked better than it looks right in this moment. And maybe the skincare is a part of it. I don't know. We'll see. But if I, you know, over time keep using it and see that I really, really like it, I promise I will share all of the deets of what I'm doing. Okay. I think that's today's episode. We are like right at the one hour. Oh my God. I just turned to the one hour mark. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Again, I hope the full video is up on Spotify for you guys to watch. Um, If not, something went wrong and who knows what that is and we will troubleshoot it for next episode. But this is so fun. Like, I love doing this podcast more than I can put into words. Like the way that it makes me feel to be able to connect with you guys week after week, to be able to share all of like the wacky wellness things that I do and to be able to share the things that have had an 
an effect on me, an impact on me, the things that have helped me grow and be able to be in the relationship that I'm in now because fuck, it's taken a lot of work. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. If you took something from this episode, please share it with your friends, your community, your family, whatever, probably not your parents, because let's be real, I swear up and down, but you get the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. I know it's just kind of like empty words at this point, but it helps the show so much. So if you could just take a few seconds out of your day to do this and just help the show really thrive, that would mean so much to me. Um, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode, hopefully with a full fucking video. Love you guys. Bye.